What's really going on with Russia, Putin and the Ukraine? Stay tuned and find out. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Digital Rebel podcast. If you look back in history, every financial reset, economic reset, and there's been a few, was accompanied with war or a major world crisis. Now, this one is no different. So let's take a microscopic look at the situation between Russia, the Ukraine and the West. Russia is indeed deploying troops on its border, but inside Russia, and America is saying, Russia, don't deploy any troops inside Russia or on the Ukraine border. So basically, America is saying Russia can't tell us what to do, but we can tell Russia what to do. So why does Russia have its troops on the border in the first place with the Ukraine? What the West's mainstream media won't tell you is that the Ukraine has 120,000 of its troops at the Dnieper River. Now, that's the dividing line between East and West Ukraine. And the West side of Ukraine has its ties with the Kiev regime, the Ukraine's government. Now, Eastern Ukraine is a largely ethnic Russian population. And when the coup happened in 2014, new laws were introduced telling the population the Russian language has now been outlawed. It's a criminal offence to speak Russian their own native tongue. Imagine that. You're no longer able to use your own language. When this happened, the Eastern Ukrainians protested, and rightly so, and they were attacked for it. Neo-Nazi groups with close ties to Ukraine's military were sent in to cause havoc. Putin then sent in aid to help the people in the Eastern Ukraine republics in 2015. At this point, they were already in the Crimea, where they set up a democratic referendum, which over 90% of the population voted to rejoin Russia, because Crimea had been Russian up until 1956. Listen carefully to this. The real issue here, why all of a sudden has America claimed to discover the importance of a sovereign democratic Ukraine? But the fact is, the US didn't discover that at all. There was a regime, a regime change coup pulled off by the people who had ties to George Soros, the elite's own banker and destroyer of whole country's finances, with Joe Biden being the point man in this for the Obama administration. That was back in 2014. And they used the muscle of these neo-Nazi militia units to pull off the coup. Now, you can't blame Russia for not wanting NATO, a NATO force armed to the teeth on their border. Putin has said, if you bring in these new weapons, you have the missiles that could reach Moscow in just over five minutes. So Putin's gone back to the agreement of 1990 between Mikhail Gorbachev and James Baker, in which America said to the Russians, 
if you accept a peaceful reunification of Germany and disband the Warsaw Pact, NATO will not move one inch eastward. And that was back in 1990. <clears throat> the problem was, Mikhail Gorbachev never got that in writing. And a typical lawyer's trick is to say, well, we don't have it in writing, so it doesn't exist. Now, NATO has moved 600 miles closer to the Russian border. So the Russians are saying, we need security guarantees. But the West is saying, nope, we ain't giving you any. No security guarantees whatsoever. But all this is just smoke and mirrors and a cover for something else. I'll explain more on this later on. But hopefully you have more of an understanding of what is happening in the Ukraine. The US are always trying to cause major problems for Russia. With a very well documented operation, the CIA training Ukraine's military to fight Russia even. They, the US, have trained Ukraine's special forces, especially for sabotage in Russia. It's happening right now. They've gone into eastern Ukraine using Turkish drones to bomb small villages. And get this, what we have to realise is what the Russians are thinking is the deployment of these forces is designed to trigger an attack on the pro-Russian forces that would provoke, as a false flag, the Russians moving into the Ukraine. So you're with me so far. I know it's a lot of information to take on board. But if you know your real history, not the fake history you're taught in schools or the fake history our mainstream media portray, you'll have a better understanding of the situation. So Putin will not go into a situation where he's going to have to take over a failing and collapsing country. And the Ukraine is a collapsing country. The Kiev regime has virtually stripped all assets and wealth from the Ukraine. The Ukraine are about to default on its foreign debt. <clears throat> Let's have a little drink and on. So this is part of the bigger picture here. That the coup that Biden headed brought in the International Monetary Fund when Ukraine was, shall we say, an average income country in Europe back in 2014. It wasn't very prosperous, but it wasn't very poor either. Now, it's the third poorest country in Europe as a result of the International Monetary Fund. So the West has destroyed Ukraine financially and by other means as well and are using it as a battleground to launch operations against Russia with the help from training provided by the CIA and special forces from the UK as well. Right, so there's a backdrop here. It's said that every 20 or so years, there needs to be a financial reset or an economic reset. This is what Klaus Schwab has been banging on about in his book, The Great Reset, or should be titled Another Great Reset. As what they're pushing for has already happened several times financially and economically. It's just that this time, this time, it's going to be the final one. It's their end game, so to speak. <clears throat> Every reset has been controlled by the elites meticulously to keep full control until the next economic and financial reset. This poses two questions to me that we should be asking. Why this scenario? You know, why this backdrop? 
And two, why does a war with Russia help the elites move a step closer to the Great Reset? What's happening in Russia? Uh, what's happening is Russia opposes the Great Reset. Putin is saying no to the New World Order. Their plans for a one world government. You see, the Great Reset is based on taking away national sovereignty. The whole idea, as it was drafted by people like Larry Fink of Black, BlackRock, the former director of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, Klaus Schwab himself, and even Prince Charles, is to take away from governments the power to invest in their own economies and give that power to the central banks. And the reason for this is because they have created, on purpose, a huge debt overload throughout the whole world. This is also what COVID was all about. Lockdowns pushing the world's economy to the brink of collapse. The world is drowning in debt created by the same elites. An old and widely used tactic they have been using many times in the past and is create a problem and offer the solution. So the principal COVID plan we think is, or was, Anthony Fauci doing his gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab, all being proven through leaked emails. They then let the virus out into the world to create the lockdowns to crush the world economies or to help crush the world economies. So we have no choice but to accept the concepts of the Great Reset. The biggest banks are holding trillions of dollars of worthless financial instruments and they're trying to figure out how to keep the situation going with liquidity and that's what's triggering the inflation the whole world is witnessing at the moment food prices fuel prices energy prices all skyrocketing <clears throat> excuse me so they have accomplished this so far only so far but now they're moving on to the next phase where the great reset actually says in Klaus Schwab's book the central banks will take over not only currency and credit policy but also spending policy fiscal policy if you like this will also essentially mean that one world government will decide how and where a country's money will spend what will be spent all these governments will eventually be thrown out with a one world government taking over so in other words the central banks who are really the arms of the private banks and financial institutions are going to be given the power that used to be in the hands of elected legislators now putin vladimir putin is just saying no hell no to this and this is not what we want that's what he's saying and if everyone was awake to what is really going on then i'm pretty confident we'd all say the same it's become not only convenient for them, but essential for them to go after Putin, just like they're going after China. As we've seen during the climate conference in Glasgow, the Great Reset is directly linked with the New Green Deal or the Green New Deal, where they want to slow down manufacturing and shut down energy efficiency. They want to stop investing in advanced technologies, changing the way our world behaves slowing down production along with the total annihilation of human interaction they will be able to create credit which will be on the national debt of countries but 
At the same time, they get to control the spending. So any money a country makes, whether it's through raw materials or whatever, the first payments would have to go to the international banks. This is what was done to Russia back in 1992, all the way through to 1999. And they called it shock therapy. <laughs> Imagine. It was so cool. Uh, it was the so-called transition to a market economy. <laughs> so they said it was anything but a transition to a market economy. The Russian oligarchs, along with the KGB operatives, worked together with the banks in London and Wall Street, with Harvard economists like Jeffrey Sachs and the Clinton team that all went in and looted the country. It's taken Putin 20 years to turn Russia from a high death rate and low birth rate state into a more stable nation. Russia was in a profound demographic crisis when Putin took charge. He changed all that. Good birth rates and death rates, advances in science and technology. It has almost no debt and a hard currency and a thriving, although small, economy. And what they're saying to the rest of the world is don't listen to Klaus Schwab and his ideas for a great reset. What happened to Russia from 92 to 99, in effect, is now happening to the rest of the world. They don't really want to revive America's industrial economy, do they? Or that industrial economies throughout the world. I hope you're staying with me so far. It's a lot of information to take on board. And especially if you've only just recently woken up. Maybe COVID has had a strangely positive impact on some people. As in, it's woken up millions and millions of people to the fact that the so-called facts mainstream media pump out every day rarely have a complete chain of truth to them. Now, this is also why Donald Trump was portrayed as a buffoon by the world's media. Because he, along with Putin, understood and wanted to keep a shared commitment to the idea of sovereignty based on the power to protect, protect its citizens, protect its country and protect its currency, protect its its own industry. Trump was against the free trade agreements. He was against the Green New Deal. So if you think about it, he was a co-thinker along with Putin. Now, if the US and Russia, along with China, because if you remember, Trump had some very significant talks with China's leaders early in the pandemic or pandemic, and most likely India. Imagine them not working together. Europe would join the party immediately. I mean, maybe not the UK, but Europe would see this as a way out of the crisis created by the European Union. Germany is already looking into doing this as they get a lot of oil and gas from Russia and also export a lot into Russia. Germany has their foreign minister, oh, what a twat, who is just a mouthpiece for NATO and the representative for the Green Party. But the Chancellor Schultz clearly cares about his citizens and cares about peace. The Green Party has become the war party. Most of the parties in Germany are pro-war. Why? Well, that's where the money is. 
But Schultz is stirring Germany into siding with Russia because a large part of Germany's economy deals with Russia. And Russia wants peace, not war. So will Putin interfere? Well, he's every right to. He's every right to try and keep the peace. Remember, Ukraine is in civil war. Putin wants peace for the people of eastern Ukraine. I told you in the last podcast how over a million people now have been displaced with ethnic cleansing going on, but the media ignore it. They ignore that and try and twist things. We know how they operate now. And we know which institutions fund them and make them push their agendas 24-7. So what could Putin do to throw a spanner into their plans? Well, if you look back at what's happened in Syria, where the US is, according to Mike Flynn, was arming and training the jihadists to overthrow the Assad regime, the Russians stepped in and stopped it. They also recently stepped in and stopped the colour revolution coup in Kazakhstan. Now, Kazakhstan is a very large country with a very small population, but very rich in raw materials when there was an effort by the same networks that overthrew the government in the ukraine back in 2014 george soros again the national endowment for democracy that tried to overthrow the government of kazakhstan putin again through the collective security treaty organization came in and crushed it and what did they find In addition to the people who were in the streets protesting the high prices of fuel, they caught jihadists from Iraq, Afghanistan and Syria. Those were the ones that was doing all the beheading in Kazakhstan at the time. It's the same MO, always been the same MO. The use of terrorists to overthrow sovereign governments. And here's where the Russia-China thing is important. The Chinese are, let's say, a mixed bag. They have the evil, you know, they've got their evil social system. But what the Chinese have done, which makes perfect sense, is that they are cracking down on speculation in the stock markets. They are, you know, they're cracking down on it while they continue to invest in new technologies, transportation and energy resources. And they are extending that right across the rest of Asia and parts of Europe. Russia and China with India represents a powerful potential to break the control of the city of London and Wall Street bankers over international finance. Yet again, mainstream media stay silent. What was the first thing America did after pulling its troops out of Afghanistan? They announced they're going to set up an Asian NATO to contain China. We have confrontation going on over the Taiwan Straits and over Ukraine. So the old strategy going back to the globalists around the Harry Truman era, which was to contain Russia. Putin isn't the old Soviet Union who was hell-bent on world domination, a bit like America is now, still still is now. Putin has learned from America 
that if you use whatever hard money you have to generate credit for physical production, for scientific research, for protection against missiles, for example, the Chinese follow suit and are doing this, exactly the same thing. Their mil military budgets compared to the US is tiny, all down to the military industrial complex. So America's focus isn't on advancement of science and a better standard of living for their people. It's purely based on profit and sadly with it, profit comes, comes greed and corruption. America and the West have always suppressed technology that could in fact help humanity greatly, purely because there's no profit in it. You only have to go and study Nikola Tesla to realize this. To put it in a nutshell, you've got a British system which has dominated the world financially since World War II. Even President Kennedy was pushing against the Federal Reserve while moving against a confrontation with the Soviet Union. And what happened to him? In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. Enough said. Sadly, he was murdered. And he was murdered by the same organizations who launched the attacks on Donald Trump. The intelligence community working together with foreign interests and the central bankers. So this is what is actually happening. They want to attack any country who wants out of the existing system and anyone opposing the Great Reset. Go back to 1999 when they made commercial banks the same as investment banks. And when the 2008 banking crisis happened, we should... I'll repeat that, we should have used that as an opportunity to go back to regulating bank, regulated banks where money did go into research and development and into science and technology. But it never. We should have put uh, the speculators in prison, but we never. Instead, what happened with Bush and then Obama in the US and the rest of the world, they bailed them out. Tens of trillions of dollars went to bail out the speculators. This was in 2008. We all know about the banking crisis and the banking crash. If you look now what's happening worldwide, it's 2008 on steroids. We never solved the 2008 problem. <clears throat> We let the derivative dealers continue to function. We ensured that none of the money went into local banks to help small businesses, for instance. Instead, all that money went to the people with, with all the money anyway, mainly the speculators. What you have to understand is speculation builds up a lot of debt because at a certain point, people realized the speculative instruments they're buying have nothing backing them up and they're worthless. The question is, do you write them off or do you try and sell them to some other sucker? If you choose the latter, how do you sell them on? Now the banks come along and create huge volumes of liquidity 
that go into the hands of the swindlers who carry on trading and selling them. So what does that do? It causes inflation. So in December 30th, when no one was noticing, they released the fourth quarter of 2019 figures, financial figures. And that's when they started bailing out the, pro, uh, the repo, repro markets of the Fed. And that's when we started realizing that what they're doing is now making 2008 look like a drop in the ocean. Holy shit, indeed. So in essence, corporations, they haven't been investing in new industry at all, or in new technology or new science, new research, you know, the things that make economies thrive. But they were buying their own stocks to increase the bonuses for their CEOs. With the Trump tax bill, unfortunately, it gave them a boost in new cash with no restrictions whatsoever. <clears throat> Unlike Kennedy's investment tax credit, he said you only get the tax credit if you invest into industry and research and science and so on. Corporations became zombie corporations, which essentially means they couldn't, with their interest, uh, with their profits, they couldn't pay the interest of the, on their debt. So they had to go to their bankers for overnight loans to fiddle their accounts to stay in business. On the September the 17th, 2019, instead of needing a couple of billion a night to do that, they suddenly needed 20 billion, then 30 billion. Then JP Morgan Chase went to the Fed and said the banking system can't do this. Interbanking lending will not cover this amount, this volume of need. So the Fed stepped in and took over the repo markets. And within weeks, it escalated from 20 to 30 billion a night to 100 billion and even 150 billion a night instead of having to balance the books the next day. They could keep rolling it over day after day until it became a permanent bailout. This continues to this day. Think about how much debt has been created by the banks and by the Great Reset Agenda, trillions and trillions of dollars. The figures that were released on December the 30th show that $11.8 trillion in quantitative easing money that went directly from the Fed to the leading banks. Eight out of the 20 banks that got 90% of the money. This was 18 months ago. So you have to ask yourself how much more debt has been created since then. This is estimated at an extra 14 to 24 trillion more, which equates to around $35 trillion. This money is going to billionaires, as we've all seen, and to Silicon Valley. It's not going to fit into the physical economy. Now, I add all this to the fake lockdowns the last two years, and it pushes us all closer to having no chance but accepting the Great Reset when all our economies crash and go into chaos. <clears throat> this is what Putin is saying. He's saying no to it. The same as Trump said no. They are essentially buying up all assets 
So when the reset happens, all the wealth will be protected. Bill Gates is now one of the largest landowners in the US, for example. They know what's coming. BlackRock are buying up hundreds and thousands of foreclosed homes so they can rent them out at absolutely stupid prices when we all have when we all own nothing and fake our happiness and have to rent everything in our lives eventually the air we breathe will be at a cost i for one don't want this planned new world this great reset and neither does putin but he stands alone almost alone in saying no to these people and this is why the west are trying to antagonize russia into a war so they can sanction them again probably and strip the wealth and proceed to put a, an ally in charge probably everything going on in the world right now and in the last two years has been planned and executed by the people who are already stacking the cards for the great reset allowing them to stay rich and stay in charge simple as that if the great reset does happen by the year 2027 as planned we are all doomed and putin knows this only he has bigger balls than most now i'm in no way pro putin or pro russia but what i am is pro truth and i hope you're with me on that and i have to admire putin's stand remember we are better than them as we seek truth and act with humility the great reset has to be stopped and the only way we can stop our economies from collapse is don't comply until next time toodle fucking do